Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Bob. And I'm Father Dave. And we are literally in a crazy world, or at least a bigger world, because you're about in a six-hour time zone difference from me. Right. I was going to say different worlds, but it's not really a different world. Same world. Different continent. Same world. Yes, it is. It is. It is. Different continent. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I'm in Austria. I should have a really nice, attractive view for those who are watching. So uh, that door looks so Austrian. I mean, just look at the hinge on it. it the the uh, I know, I know. The, the woodwork is exceptional. So as opposed to just Actually, a plain white wall, it's a plain beige wall with a door. Yeah. You know how to live, it's, man. You party. It's not. It's not big. Be- it looks beige. It may look beige. Right. And for those of you who aren't viewing, you're, doing, uh, you're not missing anything. Yeah, that's right. You, you, if you were wondering, gee, I wonder if I should watch the podcast instead, the answer would be no. Not today, at least. You're not getting much. But I will say that most people can't see yours because your camera's up. But if he were to pan back on the camera, his desk is an iron <laughs> boy. So, yes. so I have a very complicated system to make it look simple. But yes, I, yeah, I seem as though yeah. I'm casually uh, hanging out in front of a rustic New England fireplace. But the reality yes. is... I've got the microphone clipped on a folding chair. I've got my computer on an ironing board and my iPhone on a tripod. So the magic of cameras. That's what happens when you have a whole family together in a small space. So (laughs) right. No, but but it's it is kind of interesting. The the friary that I'm in right now is some something with over 500 years old. And it's um, I'm in our campus in Gaming, Austria, which is just a great blessing. It's part of a Carthusian monastery that was built in 1342 mm. and then developed for completion over about 120 years. But it's just a, a great opportunity to be back in Gaming. Now, are they going crazy about the Euros over there? That's soccer talk, by the way. Yeah, um, actually, I heard some talk about it. I guess Italy and Austria had a really good game. Is that right? Uh, I mean, I'm sure Italy won, but yeah, they might have represented a little bit early on. So we're getting down to the finals of the Euros, which are kind of like the World Cup of Europe. You know, every two years there's a Euro and then after that there's a World Cup and it kind of goes back and forth. So, um, but yeah, they're kind of a big deal. So I've been watching a lot of the games here, but I didn't know how soccer crazy it might be in in, uh, Austria these days. Yeah, I've been a little, a little apart from that, but I'll let you know next time if I hear anything. All right. And I'm sure they're all very excited about how well the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing. They're up 3 nothing on the Canadians for the Stanley That's Cup final. That's been a lot more talk, right? Sure, right. obviously. That's been a lot more they're talk. huge yeah. into that. Yeah. And the NBA, yeah, and of the, course. The Nationals are getting swept by the Dodgers. Things like that are really right. what's primarily important with people here. Yeah. 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 Have you been to Gami? Well, I was there for like a week. I didn't go as a student, okay. but I, when I was at Franciscan, right, I was right, a right. master's student. So that wasn't, at least then, Yeah, so for those, for those who, who maybe don't know what we're talking about, and this is just such a great, honestly, it is one of the gems of Franciscan University that, that uh, since 1991, uh, the university has had a campus here in Gaming, Austria, which is about equidistant between Salzburg and Vienna, and it is part of a Carthusian monastery that was built in, I, I stated, 1382, I believe it was, something like that. You keep changing um, the numbers every time you mention that, by the what, way, but what keep did going. did I say, 1342? Maybe, I, I don't know. 1342 yeah, Something like that. So it was a built- it was a long was time built, ago. Yeah, it was a while back. It was built like almost 20 years before the Civil War. 
Okay. Uh, so yeah. So there you have it. <laughs> yeah, but but honestly, so about uh, 200 of our students uh, come to school here every semester, and it's just a great blessing. Now we were supposed to have a big 30 year anniversary, uh, but that didn't work out just because of COVID. There was some concern about traveling, so I ended up coming and just spending a little bit of time here just to be with the. We've got some students who were here this summer, mm-hmm. um, and it's just honestly, Bob, Austria is beautiful. Honestly, it's nice because things are beginning to open up. Uh, there's a little bit, it's a little bit tighter here in Austria than the States, but it's getting back to normal. But it's just wonderful to be here. It's such a beautiful, beautiful country. I did a hike yesterday for about five hours through the nice. mountains. It's beautiful. Yeah. And that's around yeah. where they film Sound of Music, right? Or that's at least the same kind of vibe? Yes, Bob, that's true. Well, I'm I, I, good. I thought it was true. I had, everybody keeps talking well, about Sound of Music references. Well, and that's, talk about it. There, there, lies, there lies my trigger because Austria is an unbelievably beautiful country with a rich history and everybody goes, oh, is that where they did Sound of Music? Oh my God. Yeah. Sound of Music so, is a great movie. I didn't say it wasn't, but this is a great country of which Sound of Music <laughs> ought not be the first thing that comes to people's mind. You know, we stayed at a, we stay, we stay at a, at a hostel when I was, I worked here for a couple of years, which was a great blessing. We stayed at a hostel, a youth hostel in Salzburg, and they play Sound of Music on a 24-7 loop. I would Ooh. jump in front of a train if I weren't right. there. I mean, oh my, I mean, I like the film. Okay, fine. But yeah. it is not the best that Austria has to offer. So maybe to so, make a, a relevant cultural analogy, this should be looking Go at ahead. Austria through the lens of sound of music would probably be similar to judging Cleveland by a Christmas story. I don't think it's that clear because Chris, Cleveland Christmas story pretty well represents <laughs> Cleveland. Hey, so, did I tell um, you, you could actually stay in the house, the Christmas story house. You, you did tell me that we should do that. We should do like a, Oh, uh, we should do a podcast get- from the Christmas story house here. You know, I heard rumor that you want to do a, a live podcast at a Cavs game. Yes. That oh, is you, not going to happen. Oh, come on. Well, not at a oh, Cavs game, on. at like a, so the alumni people in, in Cleveland wanted me to come out and I said, we should do it in a bar before a Cavs game. I wouldn't want to interrupt a Cavs game, uh, you know, to do a podcast, but like beforehand with- The like, thing about it that would be nice is to do it at the game. It would be quiet enough. There'd be no, introduct- <laughs> no interruptions. Certainly, certainly by the fourth quarter, that yeah. could be the case. Hey, we got a good draft pick. So we're, we're looking up. Always looking up, well, always looking okay, up. Okay, quick. I'm going to take the Suns and you take Milwaukee. I want the Suns. Okay, that's nope, fine. Though. I got the Suns. All right, then I'll take, the I'll take Milwaukee. Well, you don't be, have another choice. It should be a good matchup. Though, you know, it can be yeah. argued the Suns had the Red Sea of injuries part before them, so they were able know, to get I to know, the final. I know, I know. But everybody likes Chris Paul just because of the State Farm commercials. So it should be a good, uh, it's a I fun know, sports time though. It is, I, as a fan of basketball, as a fan of hockey, as a fan of soccer, I feel like it's almost overload. Like there's so many great things going on right now. So good times. Okay, A, you missed baseball and B, we've probably lost 90% of the people <laughs> who listen to the show. A, so. I didn't miss baseball and B, Here's today's promo. Okay, Father Dave, a test for you. What do these have in common? Board gamers, Latinos for Christ, Filipinos for Christ, Chesterton Society, Baron Pep Band, Irish Dancers, Knights of Columbus, Knitting Nook, Life Runners, Militia Immaculata, Musical Theater Troupe, St. Justin Martyr Debater, Students for Life, St. Paul Juggling Troupe. What are these? Your hobbies. Right you are, Father Dave. They're all student (laughs) clubs at Franciscan University. (laughs) 
You clearly didn't get the script ahead of time. There are nearly 40 clubs in all, and that's not counting academic clubs, such as the Philosophy Club and Christian Students in Free Enterprise. So as you can see, there's a club for virtually every student's interests and passions. To learn more about the many student life activities at Franciscan University, go to franciscan.edu slash student life. That's franciscan.edu slash student life. I was the yeah. advisor for an improv group called Pun Intended. I don't know if they still are around. They should be. Kids love improv. I didn't know we had a board gaming group. That's exciting. No, neither, neither did I. Neither did I. It's been rainy here in uh, New Hampshire, so we've been playing lots of board games. What would be your favorite board game? Ticket to Ride. Have you played that game? I have not, but some of the friars play it, play it a lot. It's a great, it's a really, really fun game. So My family wasn't a board game family. Yeah, what did you get? Were you guys like cards or what did you do? We or played you just cribbage. Did we played cribbage. Wow. That's the one it's with the little... The pegs and the boards. The pegs and the boards and stuff like that. Yeah, it's funny. We all learned how to play cribbage as kids. And yeah, we we played cribbage. I mean, we didn't do a lot of that kind of stuff. And and when we did play a card game, it'd be cribbage. Nice. Can everybody, can, I thought cribbage was like a two person thing. Can you have more than two people play cribbage? Yeah, you could play two, three, or four. All right. Well, anybody Mm -hmm. listening, those of you that have hung out there, uh, shoot us an email about your favorite board game at hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. But yeah, I really love a ticket to ride. Have you ever played Settlers of Catan? No, keep going. Well, I haven't either, but people seem to like it. But it's kind of like growing fruit and stuff. And I'm just not into that. No, haven't played that one either. Yeah. I, you know, the other live podcast I need to do is I need to get you into one of my uh, role-playing game nights. That would be exciting. Okay, strike three. All right, thanks for (laughs) staying with us, folks. It's always good to have you. Well, no, you know something- yeah, but, but the, the thing that's cool, Bob, is is just the fact that you can spend some time and relax with your family. Yeah. And yeah, we were talking about- That's like, really blessing of it. What we were talking about earlier is how important that is. That, that I, don't think, I don't think we give enough time and attention. I mean, there's a reason that we have a Lord's Day. And, and obviously, my life as a friar, as a priest, is a little bit different for Lord's Day. But there, there has to be that time that you, you have leisure, that you get away, that you're quiet, that that you get out of your routine, especially obviously with your family. That's, that's something that must be a great blessing. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I find even for me, I mean, I, I have a tendency to be a bit of a workaholic. I have a tendency to, you know, overschedule things. And so even when I start on vacation, it like takes me a few days just to, you know, slow down. And we yeah. all really need those extended periods of time in our life because I mean, you know, we, if we don't, we start basing our identity on the things we do. And then we can't imagine not doing things because then who are we? And we almost have a, an existential crisis when we don't have things right, to do. Right. Um, and, and I think our particularly American society is, uh, is pretty focused on that. I remember uh, in Pope Francis's document, uh, Christus Vivit, his document for young people, one of the only specific references he made about Americans is how we often identify ourselves by our careers. Usually yeah. one of the first things we ask each other in America is, so what do you do for a living? And I remember reading that thinking, doesn't everybody do that? But not really, <laughs> you know, like yeah, I yeah. think, I think, you know, Americans have the least amount of vacation time, leisure sure. time. Um, and whereas in, there's some benefits to that in terms of, you know, doing 
great things and sending people to the moon and rovers to Mars and other things. Sure. Uh, it really can make us a society of, of workaholics that really feel like our only value is in uh, producing things and making things happen. Yeah. One of the things that, that I talked about in, I think, the book I did earlier, I think it was called Discipleship to Discovery to Discipleship. I don't remember what the name of the book was. <laughs> this is a book you wrote? About that. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, you just release books and you don't even know what's going on. Discovery, a discipleship dis- from discovery to discipleship. I don't know. <laughs> it's really late. <laughs> First off, it's really late here where I am. And I might say that, yeah, anyway. Um, but but like one of the things I talked about is, is quiet time and prayer time and those kinds of things, because we need to be able to take that time to just unwind. And, and the thing is, and I would love to get your perspective uh, of this after I just share this for a minute, but that I think sometimes we, we think the Lord looks like at our life like a 24-hour period, and he doesn't. He looks at our life. So we need to have a life of prayer, a life of leisure, a life of quiet. And, and by that, you know, take some, a little bit of time every day, and then once a week, do something like a holy hour, an extended time, and then once a month, try to do a half a day, and then once a year, try to get away for a weekend or something like that, that, that we live this life that from a spiritual level that we're able to encounter the Lord and we're able to be still and we're able to be quiet. Now, that's a little bit different than what you're doing because what you're doing is really important as well. And that's leisure. That's just getting away from a job and getting away from work. And, and in your situation, being with your family and me sometimes being with my family or with the friars. But like, how do you, how do you, you know, my life's different than yours as a friar, but as a busy father with a career and a family and a wife, how do you get prayer time? And, and how do you make time for that in the midst of busyness and craziness that's your life? Yeah, for me, um, it really just came down to I need to wake up early. Uh, you know, okay. I, I tried a lot of different things and none of them worked. <laughs> and yeah. so um, I realized uh, that if I was going to get serious about my spiritual life, when, I, needed to, did, when, I need to set my alarm at 530 in the morning because everybody else wakes up at 630 in the morning for school and other stuff like that. Now, in the summer, it's a little bit more relaxed, but like during the school year and I've just got to do it or else again, once the day starts and I'm driving kids here and there, it's not like I'm completely disconnected from the Lord, but uh, I I really don't have those moments of intimacy and those moments of quiet with God, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not a late night person. So by the time. When did prayer become important for you? When did prayer become like daily prayer? And you realize that, okay, that this each day spending some time with the Lord is important. That's a great question. Um, I can't think of, I mean, probably maybe 10 years ago. Uh, okay. I, I would say, thankfully, it's been a really strong current in my life, you know, in terms of just making the time. And I remember a book that was really uh, formative for me. Oh, and actually this ties into, uh, we always push this off, but, you know, spiritual books that are really good to read. Remember a listener asked that, I think like in 2019 or something. Um, But Ralph Martin's Fulfillment of All Desire, um, Mm -hmm. which is an exceptional book. It's, it's, it's pretty thick, but he takes, uh, he looks at all the great spiritual writers, such as Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, Francis de Sales, Teresa Lisieux, and Bernard of Clairvaux. And he just, he just weaves them together with really, really practical advice. And I would say like, before I read that book, I might've been doing like 20 minutes to a half hour a day in prayer and thinking mm-hmm. that was kind of my max. And after mm-hmm. reading that book, to be honest, then I started just being able to you know, really do an hour a day. Oh, Francis de Sales was another person uh, that he looked at in that book. And 
just starting to make it uh, a real priority, you know, trusting in the Lord that if I'm losing some sleep, he's going to give me energy elsewhere sure, sure. and just depending on him more. Um, and sure. yeah, that life I of think, prayer I think, is amazing. I think one of the things important to, to point out, because sometimes can, people can hear that and they can say, well, you know, I, I don't have time to do an hour, but what you're, or I don't even know how to do an hour, honestly, they may say, yeah. But what you said is important is that you started at about 20 minutes and then you developed and realized, okay, that you probably needed some more time with that. And, and from that perspective, that's what I always encourage people. Like I say, just I, not in the fact that we just want to do the minimum, but just find a bare minimum, you know, yeah. 10 minutes every day, do that for a while. And one of the things that, that I think is fundamentally true is that we always make time for our priorities. So as soon as prayer becomes more of a priority and, and, and if you're listening and it's just, it's just not kind of a part of your world that you live in, well, maybe begin to think about that, that if we want to be disciples of Jesus, we have to be able to spend time with him. And what does that look like? And, and, and honestly, Father Mike Scanlon wrote a book a number of years ago called um, Appointment with God. And he says yeah, that. It's a that, great book. It, yeah. And it's really practical. He said, if you're going to, if you're going to uh, make an appointment with somebody, you're going to show up for that. So you have an appointment, Bob, where you, you get up in the morning. I have my prayer time in the in the morning, but again, as far as we do it midday and evening as well, but, but that's important. And so I just encourage the listeners that to maybe to begin to explore that, what would it look like for you to have a deeper prayer life? But then the other part of this, Bob, and, and I think it's important. It's not just prayer, but it's just like you said, leisure and, yeah. and being able to relax and step away. And, and I remember Father Mike, I, uh, when I was his assistant that he, he did something interesting. He said, he tries, he's not always able to do it but he tries not to work three segments in a row. And he said that he takes the morning section and afternoon section and the evening section and trying not to work three, three of those in a row. So if you worked late one night with meetings or students or something like that, well, then you try to maybe take the next morning, some of the morning off. But I think it's important because you said the workaholic, but we just, we need to, even the Lord rested, right? Even yeah. the Lord rested and there needs to be, that needs to be a part of our life. What does it look like? And, and what is it for you that allows you to step back and, and relax and recharge and just catch your breath? And like, I, I remember my mom and dad, they did something that was really cool. Mom and dad took a vacation every year apart from us kids, hmm. um, which was a little selfish now that I think about it. But, <laughs> but, but, but what was neat was that, that we, me and my brothers and sister knew that that was really important for my mom and dad just to get away on their own, this, this kind of being together, recharging and, yeah. And, and that's, that's gotta be a part of our life. So the fact that you're able to be with your family and get away is, yeah, it's a really essential thing, I think, to your family life. Right. Yeah. And I, I think it's good to delineate, you know, a time of leisure and a time of prayer Yeah, you know, that yeah. really you are, you have those three moments or movements, you know, that you're working, you're resting, you're praying. And um, that's just healthy. They all kind of, they all breathe life into each other. You know, I think when one is really absent, the other two, can't find the focus or at least the fruitfulness that God has for us. Uh, we mentioned it a couple months ago uh, around the Feast of St. Joseph, but um, one of the things I really liked uh, about uh, Father Dan Calloway's book on St. Joseph is just the understanding that, you know, St. Joseph actually heard the Lord most when he was resting. And I thought mm -hmm. that was such a cool insight. You know, I think we well, can work yeah, so hard at these things. And yet it's, a, it's in the midst of rest. It's in the midst of sleep. That's actually yeah. when the Lord can speak to us in a different way. 
That's great because so oftentimes when people are listening to us, they fall asleep. So yeah. we pray that the Lord can listen to them. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we're like, you know, people just loop us like us, rain sounds, um, you know, the ocean. But here's, you know, here's one of the things that's interesting. And I just, I just had this, this thought, you know, I was thinking as we were talking, like, what do I do for leisure just to kind of chill out and kind of, you know, yeah. and it's interesting that you and I talk about sports and, and maybe it's like, you know, I don't know, typical male guy thing, which is not fair at all. But but that is a place that I just can kind of relax and, you know, sit down and watch 20 minutes of a baseball game or yeah. go to the sports page and look at it. So there is something about that that just lets me for, for a little while forget about work, forget about, you know, stress or life or anything like that. So it's not just, we don't just talk about it because... But I think there's something to that for me personally. I, yeah. That, no, that it's kind I, of a- I would agree. I mean, I get more quote unquote relaxed from a sporting event than like a sitcom or a movie. Uh, yeah, the thing I yeah, like yeah. about the thing I really enjoy about sports is you're not always exactly sure what's going to happen. I mean, it yeah. has different endings. Maybe we're just so used to seeing movies and we always know the hero's going to win or the guy's going to get the girl or et cetera, et cetera. You know, but at least for me, I go into a sports game and I'm like, this. I mean, I think I know who's going to win, but it, it's really cool and you can be yeah, surprised. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and I would also say maybe this is another guy thing. Like there's a language of sports that I can have just a fun conversation with friends about and talk about. And um, yeah, right. yeah. And again, not right. to be too and, stereotypical and male. I know there's lots of, uh, of our female listeners, uh, the majority of oh, our absolutely. female listeners, of course, uh, who love sports as well. I think that's the, you know, and, and like as no, we're getting into the Olympics, the, it's another exciting thing to be here, talking Here's about an too. interesting thing, though, again, just with guys, is that it does, it does provide me an entree with, with, you know, encountering somebody and talking about somebody. The danger is that, that, particularly in relationships that are somewhat friendship or intimate, that they, it doesn't get deeper than that. I mean, if, yeah. if the only thing we talk about is, is sports, then maybe, maybe the Lord wants to take us on. <laughs> yeah, but it can be a good on-ramp to deeper conversations or at, least, or at least shared experiences, which is yeah, so much exactly. what friendship is exactly. about. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Amen. That's cool. That's hey, cool. I have one more thought on the prayer thing, just for anybody listening. If um, I would say, first of all, if you kind of hear me talk about an hour of prayer a day, and that's super overwhelming, as Father Dave was saying, just take it slowly. It, it's actually a quote, from Francis de Sales, where I think he said, um, everybody, every lay person should pray at least a half hour a day, unless you're busy, and then you should pray an hour. <laughs> and I thought, ooh, well, gosh, I'm, I'm kind of busy. But I might also encourage the listeners to expand what you think prayer might be, because yeah. I, I think we get into a bit of a, oh, well, do I have to pray five rosaries in this time? You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. even just edifying spiritual reading can be a great yep. opportunity for growing deeper in prayer. And, you know, Father Dave, I actually remember watching um, when the Wild Goose came out. Um, I decided I wanted to watch that and I made that part of my prayer time. It wasn't the only thing I cool. was doing, but uh, really just watching it prayerfully, reflecting on it. And that was, I mean, yeah. I, was, I was familiar with my own parts in it, but just seeing the other stuff, that was really, no, really beautiful. I agree. I agree. Intentional things that, that we do, that stirs the spiritual life, that engages the heart, engages the intellect. Uh, I think both of those things are actually really important. And, and honestly, we live in a world where there's all kinds of avenues for that. You know, yeah. we've got books, we've got podcasts, we've got videos, we've got blogs, we've got apps. 
there's just a lot out there. And, and the thing is, it's just, so, well, some people will say to me, well, what should I do? It's like, I, I mean, I don't know what you should do. I just think this, you should do something, right? And, <laughs> right. Then, and, and then you just, you just begin with that. And, and it's trial and error. I don't pray the same way that I did. Honestly, this last year has been kind of in, in some ways a change in my prayer that it's been just a lot more just being present to Jesus. And yeah. it's been a hard year, you know, and, and it's just kind of been just sitting there and, and the Lord, I think, I don't think, I know the Lord delights in that. He delights in that. So, yeah, as long yeah. as we're not getting so busy, you know, we don't want to make prayer just another busy activity. Exactly, but, another task. But exactly. those activities can help us come to a place of quiet and listening and hearing the mm-hmm. Lord maybe in a different way. Mm-hmm. That might be a good segue for <laughs> another book that you're, we're surprised to find that came out. Uh, what, what, do you know the name of this book at least? I do know the name of this book. Living metanoia. <laughs> did you just have to read that? Oh, it'd be ridiculous. <laughs> no. so, so talk, the, talk a little bit about this the, book. Well, just in the name of the other one is Encounter Jesus from Discovery to Discipleship. It just, just took me a while. Did you just search your Amazon page? No, I did not. <laughs> I've just got a lot going on in my life, okay? I understand. I understand. All right. Yeah, no, so this is, um, so I did the video series, the 10-part series on mm-hmm. metanoia, and then I took really the text and the notes and, from that and, and put it together in the book. Um, and, and so metanoia, at the beginning of Matthew's, or Matthew's gospel, he says, uh, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent, right? And that word repent is metanoia, but it doesn't just mean repent. It means to turn. It means conversion. It means to change. So what I do is I, I spend uh, each chapter is taking a look at in an area of conversion that we might need. Like the first chapter is, is at the very beginning, and that is, who do you say that I am? You know, and, and the disciples needed to experience conversion on who they thought, who they thought the Messiah was going to be. But then, in fact, this transformation, this conversion that they realized, oh, my goodness, the person in front of me is the Messiah. He's the anointed one. So it's just taking a look at different topics that I think we need conversion in. Like it was interesting today's gospel. No, it wasn't today's. It was Sunday's gospel was uh, Jesus was in his hometown and, and the scripture says the people took offense at him. Hmm. So I do one of the chapters on that, that very issue as we live in a world that the greatest sin is to offend somebody. It's okay. Oh my gosh, I'm so offended. It's like lighten up buttercup. But, <laughs> but it's interesting because Jesus says things that ought to be offensive, that that if we're not living in the truth, if we're not living in relationship with him, if we're not being faithful, some of the things he says should offend us. So when it says that they took offense at him, so I talk about that, that that there will be times that people are going to be offended at me, offended at you, offended at things that we say or believe um, because we, we follow Christ. And because of that, we need to be, we need to learn to be okay with that, more comfortable with that, that, that the greatest problem is not to offend somebody. So, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, came out. You can get on Amazon at various places. So yeah, I I think that idea of, I mean, as St. Paul said, speaking the truth in love. Yeah. um, You know, so many times we're afraid of not being loving if we speak the truth. And so we'd rather as a society not speak the truth as long as everybody's going to be okay with it. And obviously as an evangelist, that makes your life a a little bit difficult. And there are going to be things that will be said not for the sake of offending. I think maybe that's a good clarification because there's plenty of voices out right, there exactly, that are intentionally exactly. trying to offend the other or stir up the other. And Jesus was just trying to, well, save the world, <laughs> you know, yeah. tell the truth, reveal God's yeah. love in a, yeah. in a deeper and even he, in a scandalous yeah. way. 
Well, it's funny because one of the chapters I always jokingly, I called it, he said, what? Because <laughs> we're, 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 we're really good with the, you know, the, the scriptures about Jesus that we like, right? Yeah. And we're very dismissive of the ones that really challenge us. Like, uh, forgive your, love your neighbor, right? Love your neighbor. Love uh, your enemies. Seven, yeah, love your enemies. Forgive seven times 70. Love one another as I've loved you. This is a good one, right? The, the road that leads to heaven is narrow and difficult and few people choose it. Yeah. The road that leads to hell is wide. But most, I mean, the average person in the, in the world today thinks it's exactly the opposite, you know? Right. So I just take a look at some of these scriptures that we just have to wrestle with. We have to reconcile with that. And that takes conversion. It takes our mind and our heart experiencing metanoia. So, yeah. For uh, the feedback that you got, maybe metanoia or wild goose, is there one particular episode or one particular thing that most people, when they come up and talk to you about watching it, say? Hmm. Well, for metanoia or for uh, wild goose, well, it was, it was probably two things for Wild Goose. It was the whole theme about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, that, that encounter with the Holy Spirit that begins to animate our life, that makes God more present and more real. So that was, but then the other one was the one that we did. We did it in the middle of the desert in California, on the California-Mexico border. It's just beautiful imagery. Mm. And that is that, that the Holy Spirit leads us to the desert sometimes. And that's that we find the Lord in the midst of suffering, in the midst of our difficulties. And, and I think that just spoke to a lot of people's heart. Yeah. But then I would say the one that probably most was the, the one where a friend of mine spoke about his adopting his son from Haiti. No, that was a beautiful story, Bob. Hmm. What episode was that? Do you remember? No. I don't, okay. I don't, I mean, I remember I was in it, but I don't remember. Maybe it was the third one. It was pretty early on, I think. Hmm. It was on the theme of adoption. So anyway, you guys can check all of that out. Wild Goose TV is the app. And I think as we mentioned last time, if you ever want to buy anything through it. (laughs) It's not Bob and Dave. It's not Dave and Bob. (laughs) It's It's Hope. hope. Just put down Hope. And is your book available there too? No, it's available on Amazon. All right. So, and you're not going to get any discount on that. But, you know, any of those things uh, that edify your spiritual life, uh, draw you closer to God. I mean, that's, that's really the goal of it. Yep. Uh, is that we would draw closer to the heart of God, whether we're working, uh, resting, or praying. Um, all of those things are essential for our spiritual lives. Amen. Well, and you know, one of the things that I've, I've appreciated the last couple of days, obviously being in Europe, is um, first off, I love being Catholic. You know, I love being able to travel and, and you know, so I'm, I, like I said, I'm in a Carthusian monastery that was built in the 14th century. And and to be able to think and see that just down the road is a monastery. Milk. 1375, it's, I think. 13, is that milk? No, I'm talking about the, when, when the Carthusian monastery was built. You know, Bob, sometimes you're going to push me. One of these days you're going to push me too far. <laughs> yep. And we'll record it on um, video. But, but the thing is, is, is like, um, like I love, I love the fact that we're Catholic, but, but that in some ways things are different, you know, that, you know, the, the Austrian people, that they've got different customs and they have different traditions, but it's all within the Catholic tradition. Now, obviously I, I pray for, for Austria and Europe, um, you know, the Catholic church is really struggling here. Mm-hmm. And, 
And it's one of the things that our students actually, this is always a good experience for our students because they think things are really bad in the United States and the church. And then they come to Europe and they go, oh my goodness. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. It's funny. They'll go to mass and they'll say, Father, we're the only uh, only ones under 60 in the churches. Uh, anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. Really, it's really pretty crazy. But but just, I mean, the traditions that are here. And, and one of the things that I think is important, and I was told the students when I was here, is, is that we look at things and we can say, it's not good, it's not bad, it's just different. And and some of the things that they do here is different. And some of the ways that they worship is different. And, and it's, we ought to be careful to be able to recognize that beauty and that goodness. I think sometimes we have a, a tendency, we come in, we want everyone to do things the way we do it or do the yeah. things that was done. And that's, I, I just don't think that that's, that's kept, no, I'm not talking about dogma, that kind of thing at all. Right. It's just more customs in, in, in the way things like lots of churches here don't have kneelers. It's just not part of their tradition that, that they've always stood. And it's been a part of the tradition in the churches to stand during liturgies or, or only kneel down during the consecration. And they stand up after that before the, uh, before the, the, the doxology. So just things like that, that are just, it's, it's, it's beautiful customs and traditions that I think make our church richer actually it makes her more beautiful. What's a, what's a particularly unique or interesting custom. I mean, you got to spend a number of years uh, in Austria. You were like the yeah. president of that campus for a bit. Was yeah. there any, yeah, yeah. any, well, honestly, I think yeah. the most, honestly, one of the most beautiful customs and, and it's called the the Christmas light. Um, they get two kids uh, before Advent, maybe the week before Advent and they fly to the Holy land and they go to Bethlehem and then they have a little lantern with a candle and they light that. And then they go back to Vienna. Uh, and then everyone from the, from the countryside, from the cities, they go, from the villages, they go to Vienna, to the cathedral in Vienna on, on a certain day. Honestly, I don't, I don't recall exactly when it is. And they all take, all these little villages take their lanterns. The kids get to do that. And then they take it back to their villages. And then on Christmas Eve, and it's really, really beautiful. If you're here, you see that everybody's walking through the little villages uh, in, carrying a lantern and they go to the local church and then they light their votive lamp. And then they go from the church to the cemetery. It's actually, I'm going to kind of get emotional because it's really beautiful. And they put a votive lamp, a little light lit candle on the graves of their loved ones. So if you go to cemeteries on Christmas Eve, there's just candles in their lit. And it all started from this one candle in Bethlehem. And it's just, wow. it's such a beautiful tradition and custom. And, and I was only able to, to be here once and see it, but it was just lovely, lovely. So things like that, that, yeah. that they do are just so beautiful. Yeah. Boy, that is gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. Yeah. And, and the other is that, you know, they've got such a longer history and, and again, you, you Christianity, we're going to go to this place. It's a church in Vienna where they have had mass every day in this particular, not the church has gone through changes and, and being destroyed and rebuilt and all that, but on this site, They've had mass every day for 1600 years. Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy. Yeah. It's just, it's just so remarkable. Just remarkable. Yeah. I mean, last weekend we were celebrating, uh, you know, the, uh, the birth of our country, which was 1776. Yeah. And yeah. that was, you know, 400 years no, after and then, and that's the monastery one of the started getting built there. Honestly, yeah. One of the beautiful things about being in, in Europe is, and I love Vienna. I think Vienna is actually one of, one of the prettiest cities, but you can go to this church, St. Peter's, uh, it's classic Baroque. And, and I would always take the students and I'd say, just what, not, not just what do you see first, but what do you feel? Mm. And then you just talk about that in, in the Baroque and what that is. And then one block away, 
you've got the Cathedral of St. Stephen, which is a massive Gothic cathedral. And, mm. and to be able to see that those churches are, are speaking theology, they're teaching you something just by their architecture. So things like that, that are just a great, a great blessing. I'm, I'm so, yeah, I was saying to a friend of mine, the fact that I get to go to Europe and, and to be at places like this, I never imagined as a kid, that'd be a part of my story. So I'm very blessed. Yeah. Amen. And that is, a, that is a great blessing. I know my wife, I think, was one of the first students out in Austria when it happened. And uh, certainly that has been a, that's just been an incredible experience for so many people and just all of the richness of Europe. I mean, yeah, it's heartbreaking that many of those churches are sadly turning into museums oh, um, absolutely. because it's such absolutely. an important part absolutely, of Bob. The, the story, but also just the, the beauty. And I think we see this in the United States of other cultures uh, Latino cultures, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. various expressions of Christianity really coming right. together. I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about the Catholic church. Yeah. And, and that's just it is that, is that we need to be able to recognize the beauty that, that again, one of the things about being Catholic is our, our faith and our culture come together. They don't have to be at odds. Again, Christian culture, I'm not talking about, you know, right. but, but that there's, you know, that, yeah, I don't know if you've ever been in Guadalupe, but you go to Guadalupe and the way they pray and their devotion is different than how we do it here. And it's beautiful. And I would always tell the students, it's not good, it's not bad, it's just different. And we yeah. need to be able to recognize and see the beauty in that. Just one quote but from St. Augustine that, that I would always talk about with my students is, uh, he said, the world is a book and, not, and to not travel is to only read one page. Hmm. Now I realize that, that not everybody's able to get to Europe. And, and like I said, I'm really blessed to be able to do that. But, but you, can, you can travel... I don't know, across the county, across the state or something, just to be able to see different places and meet different people and hear different experiences and stories, I think is actually really important. Yeah. I've, I've been to the World Showcase at Epcot, which I'm assuming is pretty much the same thing. It's, it is. It's, yeah. I would compare that to Sound of Music giving a-, a Cleveland a Christmas clear, story. Yeah, yeah, Christmas story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah All right, Bobby. So I'll be home <laughs> next week. Great. Are you home? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll be home. I'm, uh, next week is the St. John Bosco Conference. Okay. Uh, so that's always a really uh, fun blessing. And then from there, I'm heading off to uh, host a youth conference in Springfield, Missouri. So, cool. uh, you know, this has been a great uh, bit of a break of a vacation between conferences, but I'm also really excited just to get back and to, you know, finish off the summer with some really exciting conference experiences. Hopefully some of you listeners might be able to join us on campus. Maybe it's for the Bosco conference or certainly one of our biggest conferences at the end of July is the defending the faith conference, which father Dave and I will both be at. And you can find out more information about that at studentbookconferences.com. So that was a free plug. They're going to be happy that we're plugging so many things. They're going to love that. They're They're going to love us. All righty, Bobby. Let's pray. Yeah, amen. Jesus, your Holy Spirit, uh, bless our listeners. I pray for our listener who is really just exhausted right now and just tired. Lord, that you would breathe life into them, that they would find a time of refreshment and a time of peace. Uh, Let them know your blessing and your love. I thank you for all those who spent some time with us and that they would know your, your deep abiding love and presence. May the Lord pour his blessings on them, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Dave. God bless you, Bobby. And thank you, everybody who's listening. Thank you for all your emails and your encouraging comments. If you would like to share a story of hope or a prayer intention or something even to plug on the show, you can email us at hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. God bless. Lovely. Amen.